2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. the latest TVU podcast. Today we are talking all about DC fandom and more specifically movies. As uh, fandom wraps up, obviously I should start off by saying uh, thanks for being here, everybody. Listeners, we, we greatly appreciate you guys taking a listen to the I guess the reboot or the return of the TBU podcast. And while I did kind of an intro episode last week, this week, we're going to jump straight into a lot of the news. And I've got with me uh, two of the staff members that are actually uh, that you guys see content from um, and have seen content from in the past. Um, I have Scott and Adel with me today, and we're going to be talking specifically all about the movie news that came out of DC fandom. Over the next couple of weeks, because obviously once fandom happens, there's always a lull of news afterwards. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be having episodes dedicated to movies, television, and video games. And we're also going to be discussing some merchandise scattered here and there that that pertains to some of these projects that we're going to be talking about. But specifically, today's episode is all about the movies, because let's be honest, Fandom was highly anticipated for a very specific reason, and that was the trailer for the Batman from Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz. They not only revealed the trailer, which was kind of like the grand finale of the entire uh, event, but they also had kind of a behind the scenes uh, footage, kind of like a featurette that you would typically see as part of a special features talking about the making of the movie and then uh, Matt Reeves sat down with Robert Pattinson and uh, Zoe Kravitz in a virtual setting, and they they talked about kind of how they landed the roles, the chemistry between Pattinson and uh, Kravitz, and not not a whole lot of what to expect from the movie, but more of how it was more of uh, how the movie came to be, and there was a little bit of hints about what to expect, but most of the stuff we've already we've already heard in the past. So before we get into the trailer, which is obviously going to be the bulk of our conversation here, let's talk about the 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 behind the scenes stuff. Some of this we've seen, some of it we have not seen, um, but it's 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 essentially. There's this is a very dark and violent and very rageful Batman. And they said that the Batman that we're going to be seeing is we're not seeing an origin story because we've seen that plenty of times in the past. But instead, we're seeing a Batman that has actually come on um, and is very new to being in the role of Batman, but is more established. He already has a relationship with the GCPD. And obviously, Jim Gordon, we're not seeing him become Batman or more seeing him come into the role of Batman. So what did you guys think of what they showed for what we can expect to see from this new movie? I don't know. Well, overall, it looks 
great. Like I'm actually, I'm the more I see of it, the more excited I am for it. So and I like that it's not, you know, we're not going back to the basics or starting over necessarily. It's just kind of to put it this way, then one of the things I thought was like the biggest failing of like the last incarnate or the Nolan incarnation, I should say that's two ago is that as far as like the world around like Batman and the characters, it didn't really feel like lived in or like its own character. And so the more we see of this, this is very much like a lived in playground that they put together. I would definitely agree by that statement. The Gotham city, as we know, is a character in and of itself. And it's nice to see a film kind of use that character as a primary focus. And I will say I got some kind of a Blade Runner vibes when they first do that, uh, the takedown of the Riddler at the very beginning. I don't know why exactly, but I, for some reason, as I was watching, I was like, this feels darker and grittier than what we've seen in the past. Obviously what we have seen has been very grounded. Obviously what Chris Nolan did was touted as very grounded in reality. This feels like they took it even a step further, which I don't think a lot of people could have even assumed it could have been the case. Yeah. I mean, so my reaction is that um, I absolutely loved the the trailer. And I think it's interesting that, you know, Scott brought up um, just the comparison of, you know, what we saw in this trailer to what we saw in the Nolan movies. And I think one of the things that, I didn't like, I, to, for the record, I love the Nolan trilogy. Uh, but one of the things I, I think they didn't really do that well in the Nolan trilogy was the action scenes. Um, and just from the the few, like two minute trailer that we got, I think we're going to get some uh, much better action scenes with this movie. Um, it's very clear to me that there's some like real filmmaking going on here. And, you know, just to, to contrast it with, um, you know, the the movies that Zack Snyder made, um, you know, he created some very interesting uh, visuals, but he, I think, you did them using like computer generated effects. And to me, at least, it, it's very obvious when, you know, there is a computer generated effect and it kind of d- doesn't look as real. And for a character like, you know, Batman, who isn't, you know, super powered or anything, I think it just feels like it just looks uh, more natural um, when, you know, the effects are. Uh, more, you know, they're more practical effects and not um, CGI effects. Hands down, practical effects are the way to go, especially with something that is intended to be grounded. Obviously, you're always going to have some things that are going to be computer generated. Nolan did some really cool practical effects with some of the stuff he did. And I think that's one of the reasons why The Dark Knight was so well liked was because the effects that they were doing were very grounded and were most of the, in most cases, very practical. Yeah. I was going to say like, you know, when it comes to things like that, like the practical effects and everything, honestly, I feel like you, you know, you hit to the point of it is that, you know, when you have a lot of these practical effects or a lot of, you know, things you're building that are concrete and real and you don't have to rely on a special effects team is that you can really, you know, you can, play around with your camera more, get different angles, different shots, you know, approach it differently than what you've storyboarded beforehand and not have to provide some kind of canvas for the special effects team to fill in later, you know, which, you know, as cool as those things can look and as, as, you know, vibrant and visual as they look, you know, it kind of takes away from, you know, simple composition and editing you know, that can really amp up the tension or what you're trying or what emotion you're trying to convey in the moment. All right. So let's talk about some of the things that we saw in the trailer. Obviously 
going into the the film, we knew that there's a couple of specific characters that were going to make an appearance outside of Batman, which is fairly obvious. This is the first time that Alfred pops up. Jim Gordon pops up, which we already have seen him in the previous trailer. Um, we obviously see, see Selena Kyle. We see what we believe is the Riddler, because while they never actually show his face, we know uh, Paul Dano is playing the Riddler, and it's fairly obvious who they're leading to when they when the character becomes the Riddler. But they were very coy about not showing the character's face in the two two appearances that he popped up this time. And obviously, in the last trailer, he had a mask of some sort. So we see the Riddler. Uh, we also see more of Colin Farrell's Penguin. And there's a lot of other characters that haven't even appeared yet. But the real question is, which one stood out to you outside of Batman? Which character character's appearance this time around stood out to you more than the rest? I would say Penguin. Um, you know, the, the interpretation Colin Farrell's going with or Matt Reeves, whoever, you know, it's probably a joint effort. But you know, Penguin, you know, is in a lot of media, he's always kind of like this stodgy, you know, British type of, you know, crime boss character. But here he's like more of a, I don't know, I guess like a maybe Brooklyn. I don't know what the accent is, but kind of like a, a bruiser, you know, East Coast bruiser type. Um, kind of reminded me more of like a Jake LaMotta archetype than, you know, some you know, British crime boss. And I really like that angle, you know, especially since, you know, we're seeing more of a mob aspect of it. So to me, that was just, that probably stole the show for me. Yeah, I think, and you know, the other thing about, um, you know, the Penguin there is the job that the um, hair and makeup team have done uh, with Colin Farrell's look, like he's completely unrecognizable and it's, it's seamless. Like you, you, when you look at him, uh, I mean, in the shots that they've shown so far, um, you don't even feel like, oh, this is someone wearing makeup you actually think that this is someone who has, you know, really transformed into the role. Um, Zoe Kravitz's uh, Catwoman. I mean, she looks like she is going to be the best one so far. And I know that's high praise considering uh, Michelle Pfeiffer had, was really good in the 89 version. Um, but I, I think, you know, that's what we're going to see as far as inspirations go, um, you know, for this movie, Matt Reeves has, I think, said that they're really drawing from um gear one but i also think um you know earth one's obviously uh i think an obvious inspiration for this but I, what i thought was really interesting just based on the trailers was that i they, i think they might be drawing from the telltale games a bit and what i mean by that is i think we might be seeing um a version of the waynes or specifically thomas wayne that is perhaps a little less than the um, you know pure ethical figure he's normally portrayed to be. I agree. And I think that the, I've seen some things online talking about how the combination of Selena Kyle and Riddler and Penguin all appearing in this one film, along with the fact that we know that uh, the, there's the, that Falcone is actually going to be appearing in the, in the film as well. It's very possible that, well, at least some of the people online have been talking about how it could be drawing a lot of inspiration from Long Halloween, that not so perfect version of Thomas Wayne could come into play. I think that uh, Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman or Selena Kyle, because I don't know that she's actually going to go by Catwoman in the film. Um, I think they're going to play into that idea that she doesn't have that role yet because none of what they've shown of the character has her in anything outside of just a cat burglar costume. So I think that she's not really that that character of Catwoman yet. 
Um, but the few shots that they showed of her, I think it's perfect. Uh, I, she's she's definitely and and I could see just from the trailer alone that chemistry that they were talking about between Zoe and Robert. I could see them playing off of each other in those few short scenes that they had interacting with each other that was present inside of the trailer. The going back to Penguin with the prosthetics, I mean insane how well done that is it's it's crazy to think i remember reading that colin farrell was going to be playing the penguin or oswald cobblepot and then when we they initially showed the character in the trailer last year it was or i think or there were some spy photos that came out from the filming and people were saying oh yeah that's colin farrell and i was looking at it there's no way i could even put it together that it was him absolutely amazing job making him completely unrecognizable. And it's what's really amusing is how much he's actually focused on in the trailer, considering in interviews that he's, he's done where he's mentioned filming the Batman. He has actually said on, you know, in various interviews that he didn't, he's not in the movie very long. He's not, he doesn't have a huge role. He enjoyed being involved, but he's, he didn't have a huge role. And obviously he could be saying that, for the sake of saying it, because he does have a bigger role than that is intended. But based off of what we see here, it seems as if Penguin's going to be a character that Batman comes to King for some sort of information. And then they get involved into a chase where Penguin's trying to get away and clearly he does, he does not succeed. Um, so it is possible that he does have a smaller role. There's also been word out there that another spinoff that's potentially being conceptualized at the very least is one involving penguin with Colin Farrell for HBO max, the same way that they're already doing an announced one, at least uh, focusing on the GCPD within the same Matt Reeves Batman universe. So I think, I think it's entirely possible, especially because I, I don't, I think that the actor has the potential of, or I think Colin Farrell has the potential of getting some really high praise based off the fact that he is wearing all these crazy prosthetics that don't make him completely unrecognizable. And it tends to be in Hollywood when you can do something, when you are hindered by prosthetics and things like that, you have a tendency to get a lot of really high acclaim. So there's that. The other, the other, Big news is that we have the official date. We didn't have the date before. Previously, when the trailer released last year at Fandom, they specifically said that the film was coming out in 2022. And originally, I think actually the trailer said it was supposed to come out 2020 and then it had a question mark where it didn't know when exactly it was coming out. Because if I remember correctly, it was originally planned for release of June of 2021. Filming was delayed. And because the filming was delayed, they ended up pushing it back to October of 2021. And then last October, they said, no, we're just going to move it completely because they still had some delays that were happening because uh, Pattinson had contracted COVID and that, that prevented them from continuing to film on schedule. So they had to push the filming back even more. So then they said it was going to be happening in March of 2022, but they didn't exactly say what date the end of the trailer clearly states it's coming March 4th, 2022. The plus is that there's not a lot of other big movies on the release schedule when it comes to other studios that are going to hinder the possibility of this film doing really, really well. Um, I'm really excited about this. Um, 
and I, I will say those longtime listeners of anything having to do with TVU uh, will probably make the connection, but I'm a huge fan of Matt Reeves because of a specific franchise he has previously worked on that has to do with uh, uh, Planet of the Apes. And there, I thought he did an amazing job with that franchise and where he took it. And I'm really interested to see what he can do with Batman. And I really like the the kind of the situation that he's in right now where Warner Brothers is much more keen to realizing they need to build more than just a singular movie franchise. They don't want a franchise that just is a movie, another movie in like a couple, you know, three, four years, and then another movie in three, four years. They're trying to build a larger universe. Um, they were trying to obviously do this prior to Reeves taking over uh, this, this film, but it just it was it didn't work out the way they intended on it. And while they are still obviously trying to connect certain elements of the universe and the films together, the fact that they've got the ability to do uh, you know a higher budget TV series on HBO Max that tie into the same universes as the movies, like we're seeing with Peacemaker uh, tying it, t- basically a continuation of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad that came back came out back in August. There's a lot of possibilities. We know that there's going to be a GCPD series tying into this film, the potential of a, the Batman um, or the, the potential of a Penguin series. There's a lot of really cool things that could happen because as I've said in the past, and I really, really want to happen, you know, it's one thing for a franchise to be really, really good. It's a whole nother thing to build a franchise that can be, you know, I guess the best way to put it is Marvel cinematic you know, film equivalent where you have all these films connecting to also TV series and things like that. And I think Batman is probably the the prime candidate when it comes to Warner Brothers for something like that to happen. Yeah, I think, you know, that is the case because uh, Batman's world and his villains are not only so expensive, but also so well known. So right off the bat, you have that foundation that you can build on. And, you know, just to the point about the release date and, you know, no big studios, perhaps you have more insight on, you know, how this actually works, but I believe Marvel had Dr. Strange in, in the same month. And then after the Batman trailer came out, they moved uh, the release date for Dr. Strange. And I thought that was interesting in my mind. I think that's because they figured, you know, wow, this is a really good movie. Uh, we don't want to compete with it. And so they moved off it, uh, which I think is a good sign, but I, maybe that's not how um, studios make their decisions. I don't know that it was necessarily the main reason. If I remember, I don't remember exactly what the original date for Dr. Strange was, but I do know it's currently now May and I know it was earlier. I'll try to see if I can figure that out real quick, but um, I will say there there's, it, it wouldn't be unheard of for Marvel to specifically try to put a film up against something else. Uh, if we all remember back when uh, Batman vs Superman came out, it was only a short amount of time. If I remember correctly, I think it was Captain America, a civil war, civil war, of course, that was the one that came out and it was only just like two months after Batman vs Superman, if I remember correctly. So they were kind of Batman vs Superman was kind of like sandwiched between two pretty big Marvel movies that made a boatload of money. And of course, Batman vs Superman didn't make as much money as, as the other Marvel films that came out that year. So it's entirely possible that Doctor Strange did move, but I also just based off of the recent announcement that they shifted a bunch of movies, I think that had a lot more to do with trying to even out their stuff. 
if you look at DC's release schedule next year, it's insane. There is a lot of movies coming from DC outside of the Batman coming in March. We've got Black Adam coming in July. We have Flash coming in November. We've got Aquaman coming in December. There's also a Super Pets animated film coming out in May. I mean, there's practically a DC film that ties to the DC universe in some way or another almost every two months next year, which is crazy. And then we also immediately the following year have other movies that are already set too, including Shazam, which is currently wrapping up filming right now as well. So there's a lot of projects that are currently in the works, and that's not even including whatever they've got cooking when it comes to and uh, animated series and TV series and animated films and all that other stuff. There's tons of content that's going to be 2022 is going to be a huge year for film when it comes to DC more so than any other year before. I just want to address, uh, unless Scott has something to say, I just want to, I have one quick point on uh, the Batman movie specifically regarding, um, you know, what you said earlier about it being a, like a more brutal uh, version. And I, I've seen like, you know, this, perhaps this is more of a, online internet thing but i've seen a lot of the discourse online is sort of you know comparing the brutality of this batman to uh the previous one which is ben affleck's version um and to me the, the conversation seems a bit strange uh, quite honestly because uh first of all we haven't seen this movie yet we're just going based on the trailer and i think it's a little i think it's a little weird because people i'm trying to say this carefully but i think people get uh have they they get dug in on their you know opinion and i think their opinion is shaped based on how they feel about you know certain movies in the past um and i think to, i've seen people suggest that you know this batman is more brutal than the ben affleck version and i just don't see based on what we've seen so far how you can say that that is the case because i mean the ben affleck version was literally machine gunning people uh to death uh and this this Batman, uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman is, you know, he's he's brutal in that he's fighting with his fists, but I, I'm not seeing that, that same thing. So I, I, I don't know that, uh, I, I'm just commenting that that's, it's a bit weird to see online, but uh, I'm hoping that we get a Batman that is uh, closer to the sort of ethics that we know from the character in the comics, which is, you know, Batman who maybe is brutal and does fight, but definitely isn't killing people or using guns in that same manner. I think, the big thing for me is he does come across as a more violent version of Batman, but I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's the same way as Affleck's was Affleck Affleck's Batman when it in the Batman versus Superman. And, and trust me when I say there was things that I liked about Snyder's version of Batman compared to the things that I didn't like, but there's, there's, but I will say that the interpretation of Batman just straight up, killing people. That's not Batman. That's not at all. I mean, obviously there's been plenty of references to people saying as a defense of Batman killing people, Oh, well he killed people in Batman returns. He dropped a guy into a, you know, into the sewer with the bomb. And uh, that's not the same thing. That's not even remotely the same comparison, straight up shooting people using guns. None of that is something that Batman would do. That said, I don't think there's an issue with Batman getting into a fist fight and then beating the pulp out of somebody. Um, I, I think that's entirely, you know, warranted. But I think that we're seeing a Batman that is trying really, really hard to like figure out his way of making everything better 
and it's just not working for him. So he's going to get frustrated. We're going to see him be very angry. And when he's, you know, when he's pushed, he's going to push back. And I think that is going to be a situation where imagine that opening scene in the 1989 Batman, where you've got those punks that show up and Batman stops him and goes, who are you? And he goes, I'm Batman. That's basically what Pattinson's Batman is trying to do every time he comes in contact with criminals because the criminals don't believe that he's actually a a force to be reckoned with. So he has to prove himself and he has to instill the fear amongst the criminal underworld. And this is how he's choosing to do it. Now, do I think that this is, this is the version of the character that's going to last throughout all of the Matt Reeves films? No, I think this is an early Batman who's trying to find his way. Yeah. Honestly, I think people are just probably reading too much into the tone and the atmosphere. You know, Dustin, earlier you mentioned it kind of reminded you of Blade Runner, like the opening of the trailer, you know, with the rain and kind of the slow, steady panning and everything. So I just, I I think it's probably a blend of both. Like people are are commenting to comments, you know, and they're reading into the atmosphere too much, which is very much very brooding and kind of has that that like brooding tone to it. But um, very noirish, though, I guess you would say, is probably more accurate. And then, you know, there are preconceived notions from, like, the last incarnation. You know, and I guess, I I mean, it's it's too early to tell. Like, we don't really have the movies not out. We have a couple minutes worth of footage. But, um, you know, I guess, to me, the tone is different between this and the last iteration you know, when I think of like Zack Snyder's Batman, the I think of Batman versus Superman and specifically, I think of, I believe it was like the intro scene to like Batman as Batman, not like Bruce Wayne, but like when he's out in the field and the way Zack Snyder treated that was like a horror movie. These cops go into this house where these people are being held captive. And, you know, the way it's filmed is very much like you would see something from like James Wan or like Bloomhouse or something, you know, it's just, it's, you know, different tone than you know what we've seen so far what we've seen so far is more of very brooding crime drama yeah and and just to be uh clear um i don't mind a batman who is more violent like so but there is a line is what i'm trying to say right like you know as dustin was saying if you're if you're just machine gunning criminals that that to me is not a batman i recognize um but if it's he's in a fist fight with criminals and you know he's you know, punching them and and that sort of thing. I'm fine with that, right? Like that is that is definitely within the realm of you know I think what we would consider a, like a normal representation of what Batman has been uh, over the past few decades, maybe even longer. Um, and I think that's what we're going to get here. And exactly as Dustin said, right? Like I think he's trying to make an imp- like Batman is trying to make an impression on the city, but, and also he's, he's younger. So he, that, that rage and that, that anger is still more raw. And I think as he comes into contact with more and more allies, so, you, you know, potentially Catwoman, commissioner Gordon, maybe even a Robin down the road, because they're using a, a younger Batman, you know, there is a potential for, you know, sidekicks in future in sequels. So as, as these as more characters from the Batman universe start to become part of that Batman's life, I think we will start to see him become more of, you know, the kind of the character that we see in, I mean, this is a TV show, but like in the young justice version where he's more of this like calmer sort of field general almost. Um, but I don't think we'll see this like, you know, rage field one um, for the whole time. And I don't think this one is, you know, the same as the Affleck version. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, going back to the release date, uh, originally, uh, Doctor Strange was scheduled to come out on March 25th. So definitely it was intended to be coming out within the same month of Batman. But obviously, they did not have a set date for Batman up until now. So there's that. But going back to what you brought up earlier, Adele, it, it's clear that there are some people who see this like violent version of Batman and they're, 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 they have an issue with it. But I think that there's a lot of versions of Batman out there. And the one version that sticks out to me that just doesn't work is the one that's mowing people down with a machine gun and, or just straight up murdering people. That is not the version of Batman that I think anybody likes, except for obviously the people who really enjoyed Zack Snyder's version of Batman. That said, I, 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 I really truly believe that this is like just the Batman coming into his own. And I think that's, that's what we're going to be seeing here. So all right, so let's jump over to another live-action film real quick before we get into some other stuff. So the other live-action film that we know is coming that has to do with the Batman universe specifically is the Batgirl film with Leslie Grace. Now, while it's very early in production, the film is currently in pre-production, Leslie Grace has been cast. We know that they have a directing team that's attached to the film as well. But for the most part, there's not a lot of information that has come out. Uh, Leslie Grace uh, did ask the directors if she was going to have red hair. They specifically said, yes, she will have red hair. She will not be wearing a mask, a domino mask, like the previous, some of the previous incarnations of live action back rolls that have uh, come before. Instead, she will be wearing a cowl with the hair outside the back, like we typically see in the comics. The creators have mentioned that Burnside is going to be is an influence for the character, but they did not specifically say anything about her having the Burnside costume or anything. Just saying that the Burnside, the Burnside comics are an inspiration for the film as well. There's not a whole lot of details. They released one piece of concept art, which was Batgirl standing on a gargoyle in the distance. There really wasn't a whole lot here. I'm not expecting this film to be coming out until 2023, probably just because of how little information we have. It, however, was announced just the other day that uh, there is some cast that has been added to this film, um, specifically Jacob Scipio. Skypeo, I'm probably saying that wrong. I'm sure I am. But it was also confirmed that J.K. Simmons is going to be reprising the role of James Gordon for the film. Simmons, who previously played Gordon in Batman v Superman, as uh, well as the Justice League film. Uh, he had a minor role in that film as well. He's coming back. That's not to say that Batman will be played by Ben Affleck, because the creators did say there is, in fact, a Batman in this film it's not set in a situation and they also were very explicit about saying this is their words not mine they said the real batman is going to be in this film now that's not to, that, that, that that leads some speculation as to what they are talking about because there's another film which we'll talk about in a little bit the flash that's coming out next november that has to Batman, Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton are both playing Batman in that film. And I, we also know that obviously Robert Pattinson is playing Batman. So there's three different Batman in live action films next year alone. So that's to say who will be this real Batman. What do you guys think the real Batman is for this Batgirl film that is coming exclusively to HBO Max? 
that's a tough question because it really isn't much to go by. I like my, part of my brain says like, well, this is like, you know, Warner brothers, you know, their new direction is going to be Robert Pattinson. So he's like their main man going forward or their main Batman, I should say. But like the fanboy in me hopes it's, you know, that means Michael Keaton because, you know, that's, my personal favorite. I mean, that was my first Batman. Your first Batman's your your favorite, more or less, and so that's mine. But I guess the rational part of my brain would probably lean towards Pattinson. Yeah, I think um, Pattinson would have been my guess until you said that um, J.K. Simmons is coming back as as Gordon. So if he is coming back as Gordon, then I would think that Affleck would be the one, uh, just because it's the same universe. Um, but you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I don't know. I mean, we'll probably talk about this later when we talk about the flash, but I just don't know, uh, where they're going with that. That being said, I am excited for the movie. Um, I, I watched the, uh, the fandom clip on, uh, the Batgirl movie. Um, I hope it does well. Cause you know, one of the directors has my name, so I need that. <laughs> I need that to go well. And the, the concept, uh, that little concept art that they showed didn't seem very Burnside to me. So I don't know what they're going to, what they're going to do with it. Yeah. To be clear, I I don't think the Burnside comments came in that panel. I think it was mentioned in an interview that they did earlier this year when they were talking about the casting of Leslie Grace, they said, I think that's when they mentioned it, but it wasn't like, it's supposed to be a huge influence or anything. They just, they mentioned, I think it's more of like one of those things where if you're looking at Barbara Gordon comics recent Barbara Gordon comics, that Burnside run is going to pop up again and again as probably one that not only did well as far as sales go for a while, but also a version of the character that I think really connected to some fans. And I think that's why it's going to get thrown out there. It's the same reason why every time anybody ever does a year, uh, origin story for Batman, Zero Year always gets thrown out there because it's the one that everyone associates with you know, with Batman's origin. I think that's one of the reasons it popped up. Um, I, I honestly, this film lends a whole lot of questions because the flash is in, at least it seems as if it's intending to kind of lean into the idea of multiverses, which is really, really bad timing because of course, right over across the street, Marvel's doing a bunch of multiverse stuff too right now with the Spider-Man movie coming out in December. And then they've got a movie that literally has multiverse in the title with Dr. Strange next May, but they're, they're clearly going to be leaning into the multiverse angle with more than one Batman. That said, who's to say that at the end of the flash film, Ben Affleck is the Batman that obviously is there in the beginning when Flash goes and does whatever he does, then comes in contact with with Michael Keaton's Batman in a different universe. And then when he eventually comes back, well, whoever that Batman is could end up being the Batman that is the real Batman. So it's not any of the Batman that we're thinking. There's actually a fourth because they need to go forward with whatever they're doing with you know, the other Justice League films that are not the Pattinson. I'd say the Pattinson one makes the most sense to be the the real Batman. But I honestly believe that Reeves is kind of creating his own little universe that's probably on some chart taking place on a separate Earth than all of the other Justice League films and the characters that appeared in the Justice League films. Aquaman was super successful. Wonder Woman has had success. 
and Flash is is going to be the other character that hasn't had anything outside of Cyborg as that group of main characters from the Justice League. Superman, who knows what they're going to do with that? They're not. Ben Affleck is coming back for this Flash movie, but there's very little in my mind that makes me think that he's going to be coming back past this flash movie. And I think this is a way for them to kind of reset whatever they're going to do for the future that involves Batman and these other characters in its own story. And if they introduce the multiverse and it makes sense, that there's more than one earth or whatever, I think that they're going to introduce a new Batman and that's going to be the same Batman that's going to pop up in this film as well. Moving outside of the live action films, let's jump over to the animated stuff because there's a couple of different announcements that came out. The first one, there was actually a movie that was announced back in August. And if you follow along with news on the website, you probably didn't see anything about it because I didn't see anything about it either. There was a quick article that popped up on the Hollywood Reporter announcing the film called Catwoman Hunted, which is an animated film that's coming next year. During fandom, they announced that the film is in fact coming February um, February 8th of 2022. Um, it's going to be being released direct to video as most of the animated films are on 4K Ultra HD combo pack, Blu-ray combo pack, and digitally, which of course you can pre-order. And if you do so, please use the affiliate link on Amazon so that uh, you can help out TBU in the process. That said, this film is it's 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 a different style of animation it's it's more of an anime feel than some of the other animated films that dc has put out and to me while it clearly is trying to connect in some ways to some of the stuff that they've been doing more recently with um the new versions of the animated characters that they're doing with the animated films it definitely feels as if it's kind of like the one-off for the year. Meaning a couple years ago, they did Batman Ninja. Last year, they did Batman Soul of the Dragon. This year, they're doing Catwoman Hunted. It feels like it's kind of like an experimentation of different types of animation style that they do once a year. Every, you know, once a year, they, they try something different that's outside the realm of what they typically do. That's what this feels like. Um, that said, I'm not saying it looks bad. I think for the story that it seems to be telling, it looks like it could be a very interesting story. We're obviously going to check it out. And when the film releases, we'll be doing a rundown of that here on this podcast. But uh, any thoughts on Catwoman Hunted? I mean, it looks fun. Like, it's it's hard to say because, like, I personally haven't been the biggest fan of a lot of the animated films you know i try watch i watch most of them but never really my jam but like the trailer looked fun you know and and something that i kind of liked you know i looked at the cast in this movie you know it has quite a cool cast you know they put together particularly that jumps out that like stood my mind is you know keith david is playing tobias whale and then um Jonathan Banks is Black Mask, which I thought was interesting. We're going to get a very grumpy, kind of tired-sounding Black Mask. But, um, you know, it it could – I'll probably watch it, you know. I didn't know anything about this uh, film until uh, I saw the trailer. Uh, I think this is the same day or the day after fandom. Um, it looks fun to me. Um, I noticed the, the animation style uh, looks – kind of similar to uh, anime than the usual uh, DC style. Um, the other thing that I noticed from the trailer is that it kind of has this like old spy movie feel to it, almost like a man from uncle thing, but like it's DC and it's uh, Batwoman and Catwoman. 
as like a duo. Um, so I, I just think it, it looks fun. And uh, I mean, I don't know if it'll connect to anything um, in the you know animated movie universe but uh yeah it just looks like a fun watch the one thing i will say is i enjoy them trying to test different types of animation and see what could work and what what doesn't work what what fans really enjoy what fans don't enjoy because it shows that they're not necessarily set on one specific way there's for a very long period of time from the point where they did the flashpoint movie up until justice league war there was or well, it was, I think it was even past that. There was a whole animation style that all of the characters were based off of the same character designs. They had the same person doing all of the character designs for new characters that were popping up for a very, very, very long time. And now I'm not necessarily opposed to that. And it works obviously very well in the animated series, but when in in and and in that regard, a connected universe when it comes to films. But when you're trying to tell stories that don't necessarily that aren't necessarily needing to connect to those other films. Why not try to experiment and do different animation styles? I think there's, there's the opportunity when you get, when given the opportunity to do something like that, why be hindered by the fact that you're doing something where it's set in the same universe. So of course you have to have everything the same. So I think it's, it's cool for them to test this out. The other part of the announcement, or I should say of the panel um, that they did for uh, Catwoman Hunted was that they announced some of the films that are coming out next year. Now, most of these aren't necessarily related specifically to stuff that we're going to be covering, but the other films that they're planning on releasing are Green Lantern, Beware My Power, and there's going to be a film called Battle of the Super Sons, which is going to be the first CGI versions of the characters. So the, the entire film is going to be CG animation rather than hand-drawn animation. Um, there's also the deluxe edition of Batman, the long Halloween, which we already knew was coming. It just connects the first and second parts as one connected film. And then there's also going to be teen Titans go and DC superheroes mayhem in the multiverse, which is coming out next year as well. So there's a lot of different things coming out. There's also a DC showcase collection. That's going to be headlined by a new Constantine short as well. So Overall, there's a lot going on next year when it comes to um, the DC Universe and animated films. The one thing that I'm sure a lot of people are happy about is because of the large focus on the Batman Universe with Batman Long Halloween this year, as well as the Catwoman film that's coming out early next year, they're going to be focusing on some other characters. Green Lantern hasn't had a film in quite some time. And then the Super Sons, obviously Damien's going to play a role in that because he is one of the Super Sons, but the film will focus on other characters as those, at least as the comic series has focused on other characters outside of just the Batman universe characters. So I'm sure fans who have longed for things outside of the Batman universe will be happy. I obviously run a website called the Batman universe. So that's the stuff that we're interested in, but there are some of these projects will be still, we'll still be reviewing on the website and some of them we'll be talking about here on the podcast as well. All right, so to wrap up the episode, the other big stuff that came out of DC Fandom was all the other DC film stuff that's coming out next year. Um, we're not going to spend an entirely too much amount of time talking about every single one of these, but there's a lot of films coming out next year, like I mentioned earlier. We've got Black Adam coming out in July. We've got Aquaman coming out in December. We've got Shazam coming out in probably early 2023, I'm guessing the March 
February, March slot for that film of 2023. And then we have the flash coming out in November of uh, 2022. And the flash had a little bit of a teaser. It really wasn't a full trailer and there really wasn't a whole lot that they showed off, but we know going into the flash that Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton are both playing back, both playing Batman in the film And based off of what you saw, any predictions on what we can expect to see from these characters? I'm actually very worried about that movie. Um, Just, okay. So Ezra Miller in, in the, in the little preview where he, you know, he was introducing the clip and he looked like he had no enthusiasm for it, which I mean, it's fine. He might just be tired or whatever, but you know, the, the actual teaser that they released, it seemed more to do with, batman which i mean we're we work for a site called the batman universe so uh that's not entirely a bad thing however i mean just for the movie itself it's a flash movie and i feel like there's not enough uh focus on that now it could be you know as you said earlier they're using this to sort of reset the universe um and i think the only the only way that would make sense then is that if pattinson is the final batman remaining at the end of this because you know keaton is doing this as kind of like a homage or tribute kind of thing just like a one last run for like a an actor who played a very classic uh version of the character affleck is doing this as just like his goodbye i don't as you said i don't think any of us are expecting him to be back um and you know just because of you know keaton doing this as a homage thing i don't think he's going to be back either um so that leaves the question of who is you know going to going to be the new batman or the the last batman standing i don't think it makes a lot of sense to introduce yet another one uh when there's already one that looks like it's going to be very popular Uh, i don't know how you know reeves will feel about that or or whatnot but but it'll be interesting to see i think the flash movie right now needs to really focus more on you know building the flash and i think this is the problem that the dc universe ran into early on is that they were focusing more on these connections rather than building up the individual franchises first. And I think you have to build up the individual characters and the the franchises and get people attached to those versions of them before you start to do all the connections. Because if you do those connections first, then I think people just won't care. Um, You know, Marvel is doing their multiverse now, you know, after like 22, 23, however many movies they've done and however many TV shows. Um, So I'm, I'm a bit concerned about that movie, but we'll, we'll see. It's still very early. That makes a lot of sense. And like, I guess, you know, thinking about it, like I, I echo some of your concerns because in a lot of ways, everything we do know about this movie, you know, you're right in the sense that it kind of feels like, you know, either like a Batman nostalgia vehicle with Keaton and then one final goodbye for Batfleck or a bridge movie where it's just trying to set up the next, you know, films down the road. So it, you know, that that makes sense and honestly i guess you know we haven't really seen much different i mean this whole sneak peek was you know it started off with music from the 1989 movie and then it goes into a very you know small tease of you know the keaton bat from behind you know and obviously i don't think they're going to show anything of him in like full form in a teaser before the batman comes out because it doesn't seem to be a smart marketing move to advertise a different batman ahead of like your big tentpole batman film 
Yeah, I agree. I think that they're they're going to run into a problem where I think it was last year there was an interview that was done with Jim Lee and Walter Hamada, and they were talking about, or maybe it was during fandom itself, they were talking about like the future of DC films, and they made a comment about how for a while there was this thought that fans could not have more than one version of a character, and because of that, they were very hesitant about doing different things with different characters. That's why whenever they had a TV show that was doing well, they would keep certain characters away from the TV show that they could potentially use somewhere else. Case in point, there was obviously that whole mandate back when Smallville was on screen where they couldn't reference Batman in any way, shape or form, because that was around the same time that the Nolan franchise was, you know, in the middle of being created with Batman Begins and then later on with the Dark Knight. So they didn't want to touch Batman, even though they had other characters from DC showing up on the series like Green Arrow, like Flash, even if they were short, short stints on the show. And I think that last year they made that comment about how, yes, fans are smart enough to realize that you can have a version of a character on television and in the films at the same time. There's no reason you couldn't do more than one. And I think. That's true to a degree, but it does beg the issue of the marketing. Like you mentioned, Scott, like marketing is a huge deal. And to pretend that there's the, that people, that all people are absolutely smart enough to get that there's more than one Batman. I don't think, I think that's giving a lot of people a lot of credit that they don't deserve. I think that comic book fans and the hardcore fans who are going to see the film more than once they're the ones who are potentially going to understand the concept of having more than one Batman. But I think the general audience that's not, you know, as keen to how comic stories work and things like that, I don't think that they're going to get the idea of there being multiple Batman at the same time and be able to understand it. Now that's not to say that couldn't change. Obviously we've got a Spider-Man movie that's going to be setting up potentially multiple Spider-Man. And then maybe that kind of like paves the way for multiple Batman down the road. And maybe that's what they're hoping for. But um, I think that as it goes, the trailer or the teaser, I should say, the teaser, it was great, but I don't know anything about the film. I mean, other than Batman showing up, clearly Barry Allen goes in and has some sort of duplicate of himself and they go find Michael Keaton's Batman, who's obviously a much older version of Batman. We know Ben Affleck shows up in the film, but he's not in the teaser. We know that there's going to be plenty of callbacks to Batman 1989 in the film because Michael Keaton's Batman is showing up. But that's not. But we don't know anything about the film. We don't know what's taking place. We know that Supergirl's in the film. We don't know how that plays into anything. There's a lot of unknowns with this movie, probably more so than any of the other DC films that are out there, because even shazam that's currently not scheduled i just checked the release date it's not actually scheduled release days until june of 2023 at this moment it's not to say that it couldn't change i found out more about that film by watching their little panel that they had for shazam more so than the flash movie that comes out almost six months or more than six months prior to that film even aquaman that comes out after flash we found out more about what's the movie, you know, what's intended to be in the movie than we did for The Flash. I think that right now, that movie is really heavily relying on the fact that Batman is going to carry them into the 
into the the good graces of comic book fans and potentially some box office success to a degree. But I think that movie, there's so little known about it other than comic fans realize that there's some multiverse shenanigans going on. And that's the extent of what anybody knows about that film. Yeah, and I just want to add one thing as well. I was just thinking of it as, as you were talking. Um, I, I get suspicious, you know, as I said before, like I get suspicious when, you know, the marketing for a film is not about what the film is. It's more about how it connects to things. Because those connections should be like, you know, icing on the cake. It shouldn't be like, you know, the main thing itself. Um, and then, you know, the other thing I think they need to be careful of is the fact that there are some things, there are certain concepts that work better or that work in the comics medium or in the animated medium that don't work as well in the live action medium. And I think this might be one of them that doesn't really connect to uh, the general audience. I think, you know, comic fans like us will be more or less fine with it. Uh, but there is a limit too, because even with the with the Flash TV show, like I'm a comic fan and I had to like leave because like there were like seven versions of the Flash in his mom's house when his mom got murdered. You know, like there, there at some point it becomes just too much. And I think, you know, they have to be really careful because uh, they don't want to turn general audiences off uh, using that concept. All right. So with that, I think that's a good point to wrap up this episode. Thank you guys for taking a listen. And if you have any thoughts about any of the upcoming film slate, whether it be live action or animated, whether it be the Batman universe or the DC universe, leave your comments wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether they be on social media, we have all cut where we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can leave us comments there and we'll, we'll discuss those comments in the future. We'll bring back some of the comments or questions. If you've got questions about thoughts about these trailers or these panels or the news, let us know about those questions and we'll bring those questions back on future episodes. In addition to that, if you are interested in chatting with us on a normal basis, join our discord. That is where you will find not only us, all three of us are on our discord, but we also have all the other staff members from the TBU website. We also have a ton of other bad fans that talk at length about all kinds of topics related to movies, TV, merchandise, video games, comics, everything you could imagine related to the Batman universe. So be sure to check that out. Links can be found in the description of the the podcast, but also on our website, thebatmanuniverse.net. Um, if you are so inclined, as you probably heard in the very opening tag, uh, we do have a Patreon that is greatly appreciated. If you could support us on Patreon, one of the perks for having uh, access or one of the perks you get by supporting us on Patreon is actually early access to these episodes. You'll get these episodes prior to the, the normal release to the general public, and they are uncut. So you'll hear all of the unnecessary stuff that we end up cutting out because we un- undoubtedly always have some sort of hiccup that happens when we're recording. So please support us if you can. And if you are unable to support us uh, monetarily, please check out the support TBU spot on the website. That is where you'll find a number of affiliate links that you can shop at a variety of different retailers. We get a small commission on any of the purchases. That money immediately goes back into the website to help the website grow and be able to do more and more content and cover more and more things. Um, and last but not least, if you have, uh, if you are interested in joining TBU and helping out, we are always looking for a variety of different people to help the website succeed. 
Uh, we all work on volunteer basis because we love sharing our love for Batman with other Bat fans across the world. So if you have any skills you'd like us to, like to share, please get in touch with us at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. For Adele, Scott, and myself, thank you so much for listening to the Batman Universe podcast. We'll see you guys next time. 